The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and we're glad that you're listening today. And during this very busy holiday season, we're especially glad that you are tuning in because we've got some great tips on the holidays. We had a great show last week about uh, de-stressing the holidays, and today we're going to be talking about the whole idea of finding the spirit of Christmas and uh, looking at the Christmas story as a recovery story. So thanks for joining us. We know that we have listeners all across the U.S., Canada, and around the world. So thank you for uh, listening to us, and thanks for being a part of the Spirit of Recovery community. Thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, the people in your unity community, know about the Spirit of Recovery. Join us uh, on Facebook, post on our wall, join in the discussions, and let us know what you're thinking. Let us know how your recovery is going and how your spiritual path is going for you. We love broadcasting on the topic of recovery on unity.fm, Unity Online Radio. And we want you to know that you can listen to us, of course, live as you are. And you can also go into our archives and listen to the programs that we have done this past year, which are fabulous. We've always got great guests. You can also listen to us on your mobile device. So you can find us in lots of ways, and we hope that you do. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We have guests who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, people who are innovative, people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, or sometimes all three. Our guests are always folks that are authentic, that have real spiritual insights that they know are true because they live them. We bring you practical information and lively discussions that get you thinking and get you deepening your recovery and your spirituality. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. We know that recovery is a big tent, and so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member who's in your own recovery as a family member, or if you're a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, you're simply interested, you're looking for information about the recovery process, or if you're somebody that's just curious and wants to know more about what recovery is and how it's uh, uh, so related to spiritual development. We welcome you. We welcome you as a listener, and we welcome you as a participant in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. Also, I'm a person who has, in my circle of love and friendship, many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships... um, invited me into my own path of active personal growth 
and working a recovery program as a friend and family member. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And that walk keeps me transforming my life and keeps me growing. I'm very, very, very grateful to have uh, walked through the doors of recovery. I know my higher power got me there and very grateful, very grateful to walk through the doors of unity. And I know that spirit got me there as well. And so uh, I love sharing all of these ideas with you and hearing what's happening in your life. And I love the opportunity to have these great guests on the air because they have so much uh, to give us. So today, the topic is finding the spirit of Christmas. And um, feel free in the second and third segments of the program to send us an email or call in. The email would be spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those during the show if you've got a comment or a question. Or the number is 888-558-6489. And again, the second and third segments of the show, we'd love to hear from you. So, Finding the Spirit of Christmas, my guest is Pat Williamson. Pat is um, a unity minister. He's a spiritual teacher. He's a person that is walking a recovery path. He's a person that's committed to supporting individuals in their growth as well as transforming their lives through the unity principles. Uh, Pat is a person who very much empowers people to live as the expression of the Christ that lives within them. And his personal mission is to teach and to preach the universal truth principles. And that helps him to grow spiritually and also to help other people with their growth. He does have 25 years of personal recovery and he loves supporting people on their spiritual journey. Uh, Pat is currently the minister of Unity Christ Church in Golden Valley, Minnesota, and he's been and is very active in leadership in our unity movement. So, Pat, welcome. We're so glad to have you as a guest today on Spirit of Recovery. Wow. My, uh, my heart was touched with that introduction. I, I, I had to just breathe in for a moment and say, yeah, that's, that's me today. Not 25 years ago, but that's me today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We're glad you're here. So uh, if you would, I, I know you have a generous spirit. And uh, what, what were you like 25 years ago? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, actually, I was, um, was not in recovery. I was active in addictions. Uh, my primary addiction at that time was alcohol. And I was also, before getting into recovery, I began to dabble into drugs. And so um, it was not pretty, uh, like most people I know that's in recovery, that we all have a story. And my story was not necessarily pretty, but I see that and know that it was certainly part of my spiritual journey. I think so often in my life I want to separate that part of my life and not claim it. But I know that... uh, that God was truly present with me at that time. And so that was part of my, my spiritual journey. Um, I, um, it, you know, I, I lost friends. I lost family. I lost health. Uh, and it was because of someone reaching out to me and inviting me to a 12-step meeting that I began my journey of recovery. And it was because of this, and we've heard this so many times, uh, it's because of these, uh, this recovery program and 12 steps that I had a spiritual awakening. It was that reason I had my spiritual awakening. And because of that spiritual awakening, gradually it led me into full-time uh, ministry. And so that's what I do today. And it's just... Uh, a wonderful experience, and now, rather than being ashamed of those years, I embrace them and give thanks for them and know that it was part of my journey and still is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was your spiritual awakening like? And I know not everybody has like one event that happened, but how did you know you were waking up spiritually? Oh, I was beginning to feel. I was beginning to thank you for that question. I was beginning to feel my feelings. And, of course, you know, the moment uh, I stopped uh, using, <laughs> I, had to, I had the opportunity to begin to feel those feelings and, um, because I couldn't drown those feelings with substances. And as I began to feel those feelings, I began to recognize a lot of things such as anger and, and sadness and, and love. 
and love, and eventually love. And uh, I began to, uh, through the process of these beautiful steps, I began to recognize the, uh, the presence of the divine, or God. And that's how I knew I was uh, spiritually awakening. And my actions, of course. As, as they, my actions began to change, my, my language began to change, my words, my thoughts, uh, everything, everything, <laughs> everything changed. Everything changed. And so uh, thank you for allowing me to remember that this afternoon. Thank you. You're welcome. When you're talking, I mean, I, 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 hear, the, I hear the Christmas story. I do. Do you hear it? I do, too. So, how do you hear it? How do you hear the Christmas story and what you're saying? Uh, You know, uh, I was reflecting on that. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, that the the Christ that I refer to as the God, the Christ presence within me, is born and reborn so often, each and every day. But initially, that first rebirth for me was was getting clean and sober. I became a new person. I became uh, a new person. And it was like being born again. Um, and I, I talked to so many people in recovery that that was their same feeling about it. You know, I was not the, I was not the same Pat that I was. Even after a few months, I began to... Uh, to be a different person. So it was a, a birthing process for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, sometimes painful, sometimes not too painful, but it was truly a birthing process and a transformation, a total transformation process. Mm-hmm. That's how I, that's how I felt it. And, and, and how about you? Well, in that same way, I mean, one thing that stands out for me is that, uh, the people in the Christmas story were sort of just going about their lives. You know, I'm thinking about Mary and and Joseph and thinking about Mary's kinswoman, Elizabeth, and um, her husband, Zachariah, who were the parents of John the Baptist. And I'm thinking about how they were just going around their lives, kind of living them, you know, doing the best they could. But all of a sudden, it all took this different turn when they began to wake up to the presence of God. The angels visited them and told them all these things were going to happen, and it was like suddenly everything was different. Yes, yes. And and for me also, Anna, it's, it's, it's like when I think of the different, you know, the different symbols, the different characters of the Christmas story, it's truly uh, fairly easy for me to relate that to my own recovery and easy for me to relate it to what's going on, perhaps even in my life right now. Mm-hmm. So I teach and I believe that you know, the Christmas story is, is not something that happened 2,000 years ago, yes, but it's happening within me, and it's my own inner meaning of the Christmas story. Um, right, right. Do you, I know that you are a, a real student of metaphysics, Pat, and that you are an excellent metaphysical teacher, what would you share with us? What some of those symbols um, from the Christmas story, the people in it, the characters, the different um, aspects of it mean to you? Sure. Uh, for me, like for example, you know, I think it, it's one of the places usually in in the Christmas story where we began is 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 Bethlehem. You know, Bethlehem, and um, uh, Bethlehem is obviously the place where that that birth took place, and so that that. Bethlehem, to me, can represent that, that substance or that soul within me. And it is rebirthing constantly for me. And so I know that out of this, because Bethlehem itself means house of bread, so out of this, this soul food within me, so to speak, uh, things take place. Uh, substance is there, and substance is formed uh, and of course, in our teachings and my teaching, I believe that uh, my thinking has so much to do with the forming of that substance. So I know that out of this place, every good thing can take place and is born. 
out of my thinking, out of creating this substance, uh, helping to shape this substance that lives and moves within me. And so immediately I think of, okay, I got that opportunity in recovery. I got that opportunity to start thinking differently, thinking differently and shaping that substance or that, and I was not even aware of I was doing that at the time, but shaping my life in a different way, shaping it with my thoughts and my words and my actions. And, of course, it was that recovery and those 12 steps that uh, assisted me in that journey. So, you know, when, whenever I think of even the beginning of the story of Bethlehem, I think of, wow, just as Bethlehem helped was an instrumental place in giving birth to the Christ, then that Bethlehem within me, or that representation of substance within me, was instrumental in me giving birth to the Christ within me, to that God yep. presence. Right. As you're as you're talking, I can't help but uh, notice. You know, a lot of times we speak of addiction as substance abuse, yeah. and <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow. So a couple of things come to mind. I'll just quickly and then see sure. how you react to these. One is that uh, the idea that uh, that when one is in active addiction, again, whether it's as you know, substance addiction, food addiction. Uh, what we call behavioral addictions um, like gambling or that type of thing, or whether it's as a family member, we're really in our own addiction of, of enabling people and focusing on them, whatever form it takes. Um, in a sense, it's, it's misusing the substance of life and, and trying to get life, trying to get to form life in a, a good way, but, but misforming it because we're focusing on the wrong substance. We're focusing on outer substance instead of inner substance. How do you see right. that? Right, right. Yeah, and we're focusing and we're putting our thoughts and our activities and everything in the wrong direction. And of course, we're going to continue to uh, to create that that addictive lifestyle until we start to change that in our life and focus on the good and focus on things that work in our life as opposed to focusing on those things that don't. Right, right. So it's like getting in touch with that. That presence of God. Sometimes, too, I, th- I think addiction. When you're in, you're active. When a person is in one's active addiction, it one feels empty. That's sort of the paradox. Is is we're trying to create something from the outer, but feeling so empty, and we're not feeling the God place. Right, right. We try mm-hmm. to fill it up with other things. That emptiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that you did use your thinking to form? a better life as you entered the recovery process and, and your spiritual growth process? Well, I was really blessed as I got into recovery that I had a wonderful sponsor that, that was just on top of the importance of thinking. And so I can remember walking down the street with, uh, with him one time, and uh, all of a sudden he said, Stop it! And I looked at him like he was like, maybe we should go into an institution or something. And he said to me, wow. I said, what's that about? He says, I literally had to say stop it aloud in order to stop my train of thought. And so I, would, I began to pay attention in my life to my, to my thinking. And sometimes I couldn't always pay attention to my thinking, but it was easier to pay attention to my feelings. Once I began to, to begin to feel, then I began to feel, uh, pay attention to my feelings. And then I could look at the thoughts that I might be having behind those feelings. And I was able to begin to shift my thinking, just something simple like, oh, this is not going to work out, to something like, yes, I have all, this will work out. Or something as simple as, I don't have time to do this. Yes, I have all the time I need to get to that meeting. Pat, thank you so much. It's time for our break. And so we will be right back and uh, stay with us. My guest, Pat Williamson, will be with us talking about finding the spirit of Christmas. We'll be right back. (music) 
If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently, seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith I am fearless and free. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Looking for work is work, but it can also be extremely rewarding, and it doesn't have to be difficult. Judy Pilot invites you to tune into Help Wanted, making the most of your job search. For practical advice about how to look for work and create a consciousness of service and value that will help you put your best foot forward every step of the way. Get answers to your questions about resumes, cover letters, searching online, and prepping for interviews, and learn how to organize a successful search strategy. Join Judy every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central for Help Wanted, making the most of your job search. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery@unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Finding the Spirit of Christmas. And we are talking about the idea that uh, the Christmas story is a recovery story. It's a story about possibility and hope and promise. And it's full of spiritual awakenings and surrender and faith. And it's full of people uh, living their lives and then getting all these messages from God that seem absolutely nonsensical. But when they follow them good things happen because they're listening to their higher power. And my guest is Pat Williamson. Pat is a unity minister. He is a person with 25 of his own years of personal recovery, and he is definitely a person who supports people in growing spiritually and expressing the Christ within them through the unity principles and through the 12 steps of recovery. So welcome back. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to start with a brief serenity minute, an opportunity to relax, to center on a constructive idea. So I invite you to do that, to take a breath, to feel that peaceful presence that is God, your higher power by whatever name you call your higher power, and allow yourself to relax. Share with me this constructive idea. I, too, follow my star of wisdom. And I trust my angels who tell me of my higher power's love for me. My life births great good. I too follow my star of wisdom and I trust my angels who tell me of my higher power's love for me. My life births great good. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I hope that that did give you a moment of peace and quiet and bringing you into that conscious contact with 
the higher power of your understanding. So now we're back with my guest, Pat Williamson. We're talking about finding the spirit of Christmas. This is a great time if you'd like to call to join in the discussion or send us an email. The email is spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. Our phone number is 888-558-6489. And we'd be happy to have your comment or your question. So, Pat, you were telling us about um, some of the uh, spiritual or metaphysical interpretations of the Christmas story. So, uh, what other characters or parts of that story speak to you um, as a recovering person and that uh, help us see the, how this is, is a recovery story in a way? Well, you know, Anna, the, uh, the, the recovery meditation moment that you just did, you really emphasized the star. Mm-hmm. And I related to that so much because... The star was truly the light that showed where the Christ child was born. And I relate that light in my recovery program to that first little glimmer of light that gave me great hope that I could be in recovery and be sober and clean. And it started out, obviously, as just a very dim light. A light that, uh, that, that yet yeah, provided the hope, which eventually turned into faith, that I too could recovery, too could recover, and it was through um, following or being aware of that light within me that I was able to continue uh, on the journey, to continue birthing this uh, this Christ child within this these infinite possibilities and of course uh, continued to help me to um, to work with the sponsor to get to meetings to, to do the things that are necessary to uh, to stay in recovery so that's what that light for me the star represents that light for me and how it played in my recovery yeah and that, that's so important because be, being in active addiction is like being lost in the dark. It, nothing makes much sense. And it's amazing when you do start uh, seeing seeing some light. And uh, I can recall, in, again, in my own process of coming in as a, a friend um, of someone who was in uh, active substance uh, addiction, that walking into that room and there were people that were happy in the rooms of recovery, people that were happy, they were smiling. There literally was, you know, you could see the light in their eyes, the light from their faces. And, and I thought, who are these people and how do they know all about my life? How do they know that? Yeah. Yeah. It it gave me a lot of hope and, and began, as you said, that light began to give some real direction and, and like, Oh, okay. There's possibility here. I'm not just sunk in this dark darkness and lost. And absolutely, seeing the light of those that are, had been in recovery longer than I had, seeing that light come from their eyes, the smile on their face, uh, really presented a, a total different uh, picture to me than what I had imagined recovery would be like. And so once I entered those rooms of recovery, it was, it, it was a warm, welcoming light from so many people and and that uh i appreciate because i don't know if i would have stayed in that those rooms of recovery unless i had truly been welcomed and it felt like um as you've heard so many times it felt like going home it was it was some of those it was one of those some of those places that said you know welcome and keep coming back. And as I, I say jokingly, but truthfully, um, there was not many time, many places did not want me to keep coming back prior to recovery. And so it just, uh, it was a great, great place to be. That light, that welcoming, warm light, that gave me so much hope. And I am so appreciative of that. You know, I'm thinking about the wise men, obviously, that were the ones that were following the star. How did they fit into the recovery story? Well, I think, you know, in recovery, um, for me, the wise, the wise men, they, they were wise. They were wise, and they, rep, they, represented, uh, uh, they represented love, and they, they represented wisdom, 
but also not only what they represented, but the gifts that they brought. You know, they brought gifts to the Christ child. And um, for me, for me, and able to to keep my recovery, I too must pass my gift of recovery to others. That's what I'm called to do. Having had a spiritual awakening, I am called to pass that gift to others. And 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 the gifts that they bring, you know, were, were so important. I mean, gold, of course, represents prosperity. And and as I think in recovery, you know, when I was not in recovery, my pro, my pros, prosperity was not the best thing in the world. And coming into recovery, it, it actually gave me the opportunity not only to become sober, but straighten my financial life out as well and become uh, at least a, a comfortable place to live and how to live in a, in a comfortable way. And, and so that, that gold itself represents prosperity that the wise men uh, that brought. And frankincense, of course, represents that beauty of the soul, that innate beauty within. And it was through getting sober that I, I, I continued my prayer and, and my meditation and, and had a, even a greater soul awakening and of course myrrh represents that eternal uh, nature of spirit and i think it's so important for me to in my higher power to re to reevaluate that so often in my own life and as i reevaluate it i know and i give thanks that that e- that spirit is always present and always of eternal nature you know i, re- I recently read something you know uh, Eternity is not about being old. Eternity is about being young, that eternal youthfulness of spirit. And so I think that the wise men, you know, not only do they bring, uh, not only do they come to the Christ child, but what's important is the gifts that they were able to offer. And when I got sober, I was able to turn my life around in a physical way, in a mental way, and in a spiritual way. So thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really. You know, another part of the Wiseman story that uh, I think is fascinating is how they visited Herod, you know, on the way to look for the Christ child and asked Herod, you know, did you know anything about this new king that's being born? And uh, Herod said, you know, no, but you go find him and, and come back and let me know where he is. And we know that part of the story. I always like to say the wise men wised up, and, and they didn't go back. It says they, they figured out what Herod was up to, and they went home by another way. How's that part of a recovery story? Well, for me, I can remember when I first began to share with some of my friends, especially one friend, that um, uh, that I, I had joined a recovery program, um, he said to me, are you sure, are you sure you belong in that program? <laughs> of course, he was still very active in his addiction. And I said, yes. And uh, he said, well, you know, you, you don't buy eyeglasses unless you need them. And it would have been so easy at that point, it could have been easy at that point, to have been persuaded by those that were seeing what I was doing, not necessarily to continue in that program, but to to go in a different direction and not continue on that recovery journey of giving birth to the Christ child within. And so that's how that part of the story relates personally to me. It would have been so easy to be persuaded by others not to continue in recovery. You know, I can remember when... I got into recovery. I was concerned about what some of my um, my my drinking buddies would do. I thought once I left the bar, they would have to close it down. But I can assure you, they didn't. Someone else took my place at the bar. <laughs> That's good. Oh uh, well, what other characters uh, speak to you? I mean, cr- the Christmas story is our is our personal story for all of us, uh, and. It, it sure is a recovery story. So what else yeah, speaks to you? I love the manger. You know, you, you know, here the Christ child is truly born in a manger. That's a pretty humble place to be born. And yet I know that in my, my own life, unless I, in my own recovery story, unless I had become humble 
unless I had surrendered and let go and got over my ego and become humble, I would have, um, I don't believe I would be sober today. You know, I had to enter that manger, I, I call it the manger of the heart, to allow that Christ child to be born. Unless I came to that place where, you know, I can't do this, someone else can, I am powerless over this. And so that's a pretty humble place to be. And yet it is from this humility that I have the opportunity to continue on my recovery program. So I have a manger is important, very important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else What else stands out for you in that Christmas story? <laughs> oh, um, as I, uh, you know, well, Joseph and Mary, obviously very important characters in this story, uh, very important characters. And again, uh, Joseph represents wisdom, the masculine for us, and the, my teaching always says that the masculine represents wisdom, and it is Mary, of course, represents love and represents the feminine nature or the emotional nature. And for me, in my recovery program, I needed not only the, the mind, the understanding, the wisdom, but I also needed the love. I needed for me an understanding which I knew came from these. I needed to understand this recovery program that consisted of 12 steps. I needed to understand them. I needed some practical things on what to do with them. And, it, and, and I needed to grasp them with my mind. And I also needed the love of the people that were sharing them with me. And I needed to not only move, take that in, but also move it, Anna, from my, my mind into my heart. And that was a process. That was a process of just doing it, not even necessarily understanding it all, but beginning the action part of it, just doing it. So for me, the, my 12 steps of recovery really has to do with the mind and the heart, the mind and the heart. And I think that's what Mary and Joseph represent. They represent that, that beautiful, perfect um, balance uh, between the mind and the heart. And when we do that, then we assist in the birthing of the Christ presence. And that um, helps me on my own, own recovery journey. What was one thing that you did that you didn't really understand, but you trusted the love of somebody in the program, and, and you did it anyway, and it worked? I had no idea that the fourth step would be as powerful as it was for me. And I know tell it's us, hard to... Tell us what the fourth step is, so make sure everybody knows. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, step four is made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And, of course, it's... it's um, um, and I can remember the first time I walked into the rooms, I, I, saw, I saw on that wall step five, you know, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. And I thought to myself, like heck, I'm going to tell someone else what I've done in my life. Like heck. And I was just, I thought I would never get there. And so, um, never thought I would be there. And, um, and it was, I took the fourth step. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for a wonderful sponsor that guided me through that. And then I shared it with another human being. Uh, not understanding what the results would be, not understanding what freedom it would provide me. And yet, I did it anyway. I did it anyway. Because I wanted to stay clean. I wanted to stay sober. And, um, yeah, because I had taken step one, two, and three. Absolutely. And it, it was only through uh, continuing on that I was, my sponsor had convinced me only by continuing on that I could, I would be able to stay sober. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're putting both, both of those aspects together. It's almost like relying on somebody else's wisdom and understanding, even when you don't have that within yourself, but you're, you're believing that they've got it and, and you're going to trust that it's, it's there. Absolutely. And, 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 
And my sponsor, he had it. He had it. Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me think of that unity principle of there is only one presence and one power that we're all expressions of God. So it's almost like it doesn't matter exactly where the wisdom is housed, so to speak. If it's wisdom, it's wisdom, and we can trust it. Absolutely. And, and, and of course, the longer I stay in this teaching and the more I experience um, the teachings of unity and the more I experience the oneness, I totally get that there's only one of us here. I totally get that that wisdom, that wisdom that was in my sponsor, he knew that that same wisdom was within me. And for that Pat, thank you so much. It's time for our uh, break. So this is great. Listeners, stay with us. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back. So stay with us for Spirit of Recovery. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above. Expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do, I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're glad that you're with us today, and if you're just joining us, our topic is Finding the Spirit of Christmas, and my guest is Pat Williamson, 
we are looking at the metaphysical meaning of the Christmas story and how the Christmas story is a recovery story. And my guest, Pat Williamson, is a unity minister. He's a person with 25 years in his own uh, recovery process, and he is someone who loves to support people in their transformation through the unity principles and the 12 steps of recovery. And he is sharing with us some very profound ideas about the Christmas story as a recovery story. So, Pat, when we right before the break, we were talking about that idea that uh, of one presence and one power, which is a unity principle. And uh, one way that shows up in the the Christmas story is all those angels. So, tell us about the angels. Well, for me, the angels represent those um, those God ideas, God thoughts. Those thoughts that you know when you have it, it's a God thought. It's a God thought, and you have that opportunity to, to act upon that God thought. And I also think that sometimes those God thoughts, one of the tests for me, is that is that a God thought? Does it bring me joy? Does it bring me joy when I think about it? Does it bring me, and I ultimately know that joy will come from it, regardless of whether it initially brings joy or not. But I know that if I continue to work my program, that joy will continue to manifest in my life, and it will be good. And I think also, Anna, for me, the angels, especially in the Christmas story, the Christ, uh, it tells us what they bring to us. And the angel says something to the effect of, I bring you good news of great joy. And that is huge for me. And I think that so often when we hear the Christmas story, <laughs> that we think the joy was just brought to the uh, to the shepherds, but it goes on to say, "I bring you good news of great joy to all people." Guess what? I am all people. We are all people. So this Christmas story tells me that the angels that brought the joy to the shepherds also brought the joy, brings the joy to me brings the joy to me. And that joy is within me, and I have the opportunity to give birth to that joy. I have that opportunity. And if you notice sometimes, too, at Christmas time, the joy seems to be turned up just a little higher in, uh, in, in those that we come in contact with. Mm-hmm. I notice that. And then after Christmas, sometimes another, they seem to turn the joy down a little bit. But we have that opportunity to bring joy to the world. Joy to the world. I have that opportunity. And we all do. Well, enough of my preaching. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. So those angels are bringing us that, that, the message for us. And, and I, you use the word opportunity in there. That's one thing uh, certainly recovery is about is the opportunity to live uh, that joyful life and to live a different life. And the Christmas story is all about that, all about that opportunity, just what you're saying. All about the opportunity to, to transform our lives, to live truly in a different way than we've ever lived before. And we think so often that this story took place, you know, a long, long time ago. And it takes place every day we make a new choice. Every day we choose to go to a meeting. Every day we, we choose to carry the message. Every day we, we, it, it, it's there every day. We just have that opportunity to live it and be the Christmas story. You know, for many people, we may be the only Christmas story that someone sees. Mm-hmm. Good point. Well, the angels came to shepherds. What part do the shepherds play in our Christmas story? Uh, well, for me, the, 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 again, the shepherds kind of represent that, um, um, that protective beingness. Of of, uh, of the Christ presence, you know, shepherds are there to protect uh, sheep. Shepherds are there to um, to care for the sheep. And for me, the shepherds in my own recovery journey is for people that took care of me. People that took care of me on my journey. I've referred to my sponsor. I've referred to other people on my recovery journey. That's there to see that I am not in a codependent way to take care of me, but to be sure that I am exposed to the tools 
of recovery. And so that's what the shepherds mean to me. It's, it's those tools. It's the steps. It's the meetings. It's the sponsors. It's sober friends. Those are the tools that I need to, that the shepherds provide for me each and every week. Thank you, God. What about uh, another character in that Christmas story? What else speaks to us on this recovery journey? I I think that, you know, how could we do the Christmas story without baby Jesus? You know, baby Jesus, as far as I'm concerned, is is that that is within me, that is the real truth. It's my real nature. It's that Christ presence. It's that newness that I have the opportunity to give birth to uh, each and every thought. It's that, um, and yet, because it is the, um, the baby Jesus, a baby needs nurturing. It needs nurturing. nurturing. And, and, of course, then, as I, especially if I step in new in my recovery, it needs to be nurtured. And it needs to be nurtured by other people that I come in contact with in this program. It needs to be nurtured, again, by my practices that I incorporate into my life, such as prayer, such as meditation. And as I continue to nurture this new baby Jesus, this new Christ presence that's being rebirthed and born, then it begins to grow and it begins to mature and it begins to take a stronger hold in my life. Therefore, it gives me a more solid program of recovery. But especially when it's new, I need to nurture it, and I need to allow others to nurture that Christ awakening within me. Beautiful. Wow, yeah. There's so many things about the Christmas story that I just, I love. And, you know, I appreciate, really appreciate the fact that that we're talking about it in relationship to recovery, to recovery. And and this has been a wonderful experience. opportunity to just remind myself how it fits into my recovery program. Great, great. You know, one thing uh, that often we don't really include it as part of the traditional Christmas celebration, but it is a part of the story of Jesus' young life, is how <clears throat> the angel came, another angel came to Joseph and told him uh, to take Jesus to Egypt to hide him from Herod so that Herod didn't kill him. How would that relate to the maturing process in recovery after we may be out of early recovery? Well, I think, you know, as we get out of early, re- as we get out of early recovery, we, we, we mature and we, we begin to trust that inner guidance that's within us. We begin to trust it and to, uh, to act on it. We begin to recognize the voice of that, um, that higher power. Um, and we recognize that voice of the higher power because we spend time with it. It's like, um, it's wonderful when I call someone and I, I'll be, I have to say one word and they go, Pat? And it's wonderful to be able to, for someone to recognize your voice and for, for me to recognize their voice. I think sometimes, you know, until we spend time with spirit through prayer and meditation and our practices, especially through the 11th up until we find time to do that then sometimes we don't know whether it's the voice of spirit or the voice of something else asking us to do something so as we mature in our um, um, listening process and our discernment process of the voice then we act on it we act on it and when it makes no sense to anyone else it will make sense to me and that's what counts you know and, and maybe you can write to this yourself you know, through our own calling to ministry. Uh, that was the furthest thing from my life that I thought I would be ended up as a minister. My goodness. And so when that voice came, I was like Samuel in the Bible, in the scriptures, it said, no, no. And, of course, it called several times before I surrendered to that. But, again, that's the story of, of you know, take, take Jesus to Egypt. My goodness, why, why? You know, but he listened, Joseph, wisdom, listened to that voice and, and acted on it. And I think that's what happens for us 
is that the more we recognize that voice and hear that voice, then we are able to respond to that voice. Right. Yeah, recovery is like, in some, in some way, like your life gets turned inside out, like the things that you had thought were so substantial and what you could rely on turn out to be the things that are changeable or that will disintegrate and the things that may have seemed so sort of ephemeral or, or not really having, you know, not being very solid end up being, no, that's the real thing. That's what you trust. It's, it's, the, um, it's the things within that, you learn, that I have learned to trust. It's mm-hmm. the things within that I have learned to trust. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, yes, and that doesn't mean that I don't seek advice. That doesn't mean that I don't go for therapy when needed or go to a meeting and listen up. But it's ultimately, it's what comes from within me because it's my Christ speaking through me as me. And so that is what I learned to trust. Thank you, God. Thank you. Right. Yeah, it's so, so powerful. Like, as you're saying, as we learn to, to tell what is that voice of spirit and maybe hear it from within us and also hear it when, when other people are sharing with us one way or the other, what's, you know, when is it coming from spirit or from their ego? So, Pat, our time is up. But you no. Have... Yes. <laughs> I told you it would go fast, that you've done a wonderful job of, of showing us how the Christmas story really is our recovery story, and it's uh, you've touched my heart, and you're going, this has enlivened my Christmas, and will help us all to see so much uh, that Christmas is our story, and I know it'll be a great celebration. So I want to say thank you to all of you who are listening, and know that you're in my thoughts and prayers, and I wish you very happy holidays, and a blessed uh, Christmas and recovery, and know that the light of God is shining brightly through you. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Wondering what's happening at Unity Village? Join Dean Ted Collins and guests each Monday at 2 p.m. Central Time as he hosts Village Events and Voices from Unity Village. Stay connected with Unity Village and get news on retreats, special events, newly published authors, and various ways you or your center can be part of the many exciting opportunities Unity Village has to offer. Tune in to catch live interviews of Unity speakers, authors, and newsmakers. It's Village Events and Voices with host Ted Collins, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. What would a human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith, or no faith at all, to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karen Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 